tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrel pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing, man. Yeah, that's remarkable. Alex, I got a question for you to start this week. Do you feel like we were overindulgent in this exercise? <laughs> we have 10 teams left. 10 teams that we could not fit into our part one of the Let's Find Alex a New Team podcast. You know, we talk about real baseball so little. That when we do, we just can't shut up. It's clearly... <laughs> Again, I think this is what we asked for by saying we were going to run through and discuss every single Major League Baseball team. And and whether it was worthy of rooting for them, right. their fan base, their stadium. That one's on us. Their fan culture. Was, we should have seen that one coming. I got to be honest, though. I'm sure that there was a subsection of our listeners who were like, look at them. They're getting close to two hours. They're going to finally do it. And then you know what we did? We just pulled the rug nope. right out from under them. <laughs> we were like, we're still not going to do that. <laughs> and I have to say, there's a reason for that. There's, I would have been open. Is. I would have been open to doing a two-hour podcast for this purpose because what what more noble purpose than finding you a, a more wholesome and rewarding uh, team to root for? Yeah, you deserve that. You've earned that. As we discussed last week, you're a worthwhile fan. They'd be lucky to have you on the bandwagon. But we already have plans in place for a two-hour episode, and it is a bona fide two-hour episode that just by nature has to be two hours. And you'll see what we mean by that at a future date. I think that we need to just do the work of pushing this rock back up the hill and we need to get right back into it. Yeah. Before we do, I am Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. And you are listening to part two of Tipping Pitches' Let's Find Alex a New Team podcast. Alex for sale. Okay, where did we leave off, Alex? We left off with... Four of the six Major League Baseball divisions down. The remaining contenders from those, those four divisions are the Philadelphia Phillies, the Baltimore Orioles, the Cincinnati Reds, the Chicago Cubs, and the Minnesota Twins. A hearty group of worthwhile contenders, I would say. Some more than others. Some, some more than others. Some more I, than others. I think I bit off a bit more than you started asking me. Like, is this team in or out? On like the third team we were going through, and they were kind of all still in at that point. You know, I think I got a little more selective as we are went you, along. Are you going to be a killer? Yeah. Are you going to finally be a killer? I got to be. You've been training under A Rod long enough to know that some things are assets and some things are liabilities. Yeah. Are the fucking Minnesota Twins an asset? Or are they a liability? Alex? I know. I'm think about my, that. Question. I'm doing my risk management in my head right now. I felt like I was very positive on part one of this episode. I'm going to be like aggro, Bob, on this, on this on this episode. I'm going to be like uh, military drill instructor, Bob. I want you to like push back on me. All right, you fine, know? fine. Fuck the Phillies. <laughs> if you start rooting for the Phillies, we will be in many fights, repeated fights, long-standing fights. See, I, you don't want to see me when the Phillies take two of three against the Mets. See, the hey, thing ask is, anybody that I grew up with. 18 years I had to put up with this shit. 18 years. Chase Sudley. Oh, look at J-Roll hitting 325. Uh-huh. You, th- you think I want to know about Pat the Bat Burl? You think I want to know these things? Steven Hessen in, uh, from Batting Around called in on the last episode to make the case for the Phillies and, and noted that, and noted that you know, I, me choosing the Phillies may not be good for our, for our interpersonal relationship. Personally, I think we could use more interpersonal conflict. Disagree. Oh, yo, you think we have too much? It's all love. Well, of course. We argue enough. <laughs> That's true. What, do you want this to be crossfire? Imagine us arguing about like, you want to be Tucker baseball. Last week, you were all about Pelosi, and now you want to be Tucker Carlson on crossfire? Yeah, I do. You were all about the big I, D I Dems. brought out the bow tie for this. <laughs> okay, AL West. Houston Astros, owned by your friend and mine, Jim Crane. Notable mm. players. As a reminder for everybody, actually, before I start, before I start just diving in here, we are working off of a rubric, which no doubt you have listened to part one of this podcast. It would be just downright incoherent for you to start with part two. I don't know why you would do that, but if 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 just in case by accident you have last week, we delineated a rubric. I aggressively suggest that you go listen to that episode before <laughs> listening to this episode. I strenuously suggest to borrow a phraseology from my favorite movie, A Few Good Men. Um, there are six categories that we are weighing here. Team performance, player likability, team culture, aesthetics, geographic location, ownership conduct. All of those things 
are subject to the whims of Alex Baisley, my co-host and friend. And that is the rubric that we are putting these teams through. And first up this week, because we have already done four of the six divisions, first up, we're starting with the AL West, the Houston Astros. Winner. Let's go. I was wondering why you rolled that like big trash can into the studio. <laughs> and I was like, does, does he plan on like shelling peanuts in here? Yeah. Or like, what's going on? Uh, notable players said trash can in the studio. Kyle Tucker. Actually, you know what? Scratch that from the record, producer. Oh, oh. we're not doing trash can jokes in 2023. <laughs> what? We're better than this. We are a better podcast than you choosing the Astros as a joke, as a bit, because everybody hates the Astros. Yes. I got it. I, I think that if that was in our writer's room, we, that would be the first draft that we would scratch out and throw away. Mm-hmm. So, that's, you know that's what? That's the darling we kill. <laughs> what is this, John Boy? Uh, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena, Jose Altuve, Framber Valdez, Hunter Brown. Framber Valdez is just that dude. Hunter, Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, and Yenier. Diaz. Top 100 prospects yet to debut. Zilch, zero. The Astros are all out of top 100 prospects to debut. They're already here or they're playing for other teams at this point because the Astros had too many good players to roster. Houston Astros. I don't anticipate you to be a Houston Astros guy. Am I wrong? You're not wrong on this. There there does feel like a lot of baggage with the Astros that I'm not maybe prepared to shoulder. Like, I really don't want to want to pick this team and then have people be coming to me and saying, your team cheated in 2017. Yeah. I thought, Those were my guys. I exactly. don't claim them. Exactly. Once again, we go off of vibes and gut a lot here. They're not saying a lot of great things about the, the Houston Astros. You know who has uh, bad jerseys? The Houston Astros. I do like their City Connects, though. I'm in on this. Yeah. I'm not afraid of them. Sure. You get it. Houston, we have a problem. The Rockets, they take off from here. Yeah, Space City. That's how I refer to Houston. <laughs> For all the times that you've been to Houston? For all the times I've been to Houston. You spent a lot of time in Texas in your life? I have been there a few times, mostly for music. Prove entirely it. for music, actually. Prove it. Show me the receipts. <laughs> I can pull out the cowboy hat. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. You attended South by Southwest when we were in college. For yeah. some reason, New York University decided they wanted to write in some budget for you to go there. Right. They were like, the rest of the paper is in the literal red. But, uh, sure. yeah, we got four tickets. Can talk about Joey Badass. <laughs> uh, okay. Astros fail the owner pass fail test mm-hmm. that we established last week. Is the owner heinous enough that it's not even worth jumping onto this bandwagon, no matter how good the rest of this rubric is? And I got to say, Jim Crane, not a good guy. Not a good guy. Not a great content guy either. What a square. Generally repulsive is right. Yeah. He had some some war profiteering allegations, but like not even really in like an interesting way for content. It was kind of just like some of the companies he was associated with were profiteering off wars. And it's right. like, all right, okay. this wasn't they even, all do that. Like, I know, like, like this wasn't even unearthed in a funny way. Uh, <laughs> next up, <laughs> speaking of owners, next up is a team owned by <laughs> good transition. Speaking of owners, speaking of owners, next up is a team that is owned by a man who I would like to share ownership of a large parking lot with. And that is Artie Moreno. <laughs> Los Angeles Angels, notable players, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Mickey Moniak, Zach Neto. <laughs> Quite a cliff there. And Reed Detmers. You got something against Zach Neto? Uh, Mickey Moniak is only on here because he's having like an okay year, but Zach yeah. Neto is good. Reed Detmers sure. is like the yeah. only pitcher worth a damn on the team. Yeah. Actually, there's a couple other young guys who are like kind of interesting, but maybe not notable in comparison to the rest of the notable players we've named on the, the past two episodes of the show. Um, oh, I guess also Logan Ohapi. He's in the majors too. He's been in the majors before. Um, he's a top 100 prospect. And Edgar Cuero. I don't know who that is. Uh, we got no calls in support of the Los Angeles Angels. Because I'm not really sure what you would say. But you would say like, Otani might stay. But but probably really? <laughs> Uh Can I cross them off? You can cross it. I mean, the, the biggest argument is the, the guy who's about to leave the team yeah right like that's it's a little tough to can you sign a one-year contract with the angels <laughs> right <laughs> with option years beyond i'm gonna skip this next team it is the oakland athletics i'm gonna save them for last if that's okay with you that's fine that's fine next up that means it's the seattle mariners owned by john stanton another oil man uh not as boisterous as jim crane notable players julio rodriguez 
who I said sucks on the podcast two weeks ago. I regret that error. Yeah. Tough I didn't scene. mean to say he sucks. I meant to say he's underperforming his expectations. <laughs> he sucks compared to Julio Rodriguez of yesteryear. That's not as fun. You don't get clicks that way, Bobby. All right. I forgot we were doing a uh, crosstalk on this episode. Crossfire on this episode. Cal Raleigh. JP Crawford. George Kirby. Logan Gilbert. Luis Castillo. And Bryce Miller. I also failed to list Matt Brash here, who is an interesting and notable player for the Seattle Mariners. Last week on the podcast, we played a uh, what was seemingly a voicemail in favor of the Cubs, and then the listener <laughs> kind of bailed at the end there and, and said that you should probably just root for the Mariners. We got two messages, two pitches in support of the Seattle Mariners. The first one is an email. I will read the highlights of that email to you now. This comes from listener Alex, part of the Alex group chat. On a personal level, I want Alex to choose the Mariners because I need company in the middle of the people named Alex, A-Rod, Superfan, and Mariners fan Venn diagram. Off to a great start here. By the rubric, the Mariners are a great fit. We have a likable young core, great pitching development, and immaculate vibes. Best broadcasters in the sport, including Dave Sims, one of the few black broadcasters in baseball, very notable, and Angie Mentick, a Northwest softball icon, who, uh, who, in my opinion, provide great perspective. While the owner isn't great, he is not the cheapest in the league, nor has he done anything particularly egregious. Just run of the mill egregious for their owner. Ultimately, I think the Mariners are set up to give you a glimpse of what the ace could have been with a replacement-level owner. That cuts deep. Yep. That hits close to home. That is a great point. Mm-hmm. Didn't even consider that. The young core is sticking around. The owner won't supplement it enough to push the team over the top, but the stadium is nice, the fans are passionate, and expectations are still low due to decades of mediocrity. Will we ever make the World Series? Probably not, but that's better than definitely not. And hey, even if we don't, you still get to laugh at the Angels and shit talk the Astros. Hopefully this pitch gets in under the wire. Looking forward to the episode. Uh, P.S. Secondary pitch, I would love it if you followed the KBO and MPB. I know time zones make it tough, but it'd be both a hilarious bit and unironically interesting if the only serious recurring baseball analysis in the pod was of overseas baseball. Very funny point. Uh, You want to do that? You want to just be the KBO consultant? (laughs) Yeah, I'll do. I don't know when we're going to record because I would be sleeping right now, I think in order to catch those games. But I'll do it. You slept 45 minutes to record both this pod and last pod. <laughs> we'll see if I drop dead at the end of this. Um, that was a great pitch. We also got another pitch via voicemail. So let me play that really quickly before we before we debate the Mariners. Hey, first time, long time. Uh, listen, I'm not a fan of them, but I feel, I feel like, you, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to say it the Seattle Mariners. Ichiro, Ken Griffey Jr., I'm not a fan of them. Let's go Mets. You know how it be, but obviously, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, Seattle Mariners, Macklemore, uh, Marshawn Lynch, the Kraken. So, you know, let's go Mets. Pete Alonso, 100 home runs. Let's see. If- no, that was like that was like my favorite call that we've gotten for this it's for this episode. Really, really good. I'm not a fan of them. You, you know how it be. Let's go Mets. But uh, hey, the Mariners are a good option. Uh, I do think that this call points out something interesting that the first the first email did not point out, but no doubt the first emailer feels uh, Macklemore. Macklemore, right, right? Exactly. Thrift Shop, other Macklemore songs. One One Love. No, that's Black Eyed Peas. Um, same love. Same love. 45 minutes of sleep. Um, no, this listener points out that you have a, a coolness by association with Ken Griffey Jr. and Ichiro, the two, the two coolest baseball players of all time. So, I mean, we already know. I feel like the, the Mariners are sort of like the vibes leader in the clubhouse. What say you about the Mariners? Are they in contention? They are in contention. Again, a team I've like flirted with. As an AOS fan, I've like seen a lot of them. Right, was tormented by King Felix for the longest time. They've always been been the team where I'm like, hey, if the A's can't do it, maybe the maybe the Mariners can, right? They're like similar underdogs in the AL West. I love, 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 love their color scheme. I love the the different shades of blue that they're able to incorporate. The throwbacks have a similar style of that uh, Brewers jersey where they have the the kind of really bright gold and the royal blue. It's been a, a long time since I've been to that stadium, but what I do remember of it was really wonderful. I uh, I was not old enough to do like anything 
really at that age, so I might have a different experience now. <laughs> You're old enough to do a couple things now. A couple things. We still don't let you like walk around on your own. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we do the buddy system. Drive. Yeah. You know, go to the bathroom alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and John Angelos at the <laughs> troughs. <laughs> okay, so we'll keep the Mariners in. Yeah. I kind of anticipated that. Next up, Texas Rangers, owned by oil man Ray Davis. Uh, notable players, Adelise Garcia, Marcus Semyon, Corey Seeker, Jonah Heim, Josh Young, Leody Tavares, Nathan Avaldi, Jacob DeGrom, and Dane Dunning, I suppose, who's having a wonderful year. Not sure how much he factors into your long-term considerations of the Texas Rangers, but I figured I would mention him. I've been on Dane Dunning for like three years now. Man, really? Is he one of your fantasy guys? This is it. Yeah, he's been what He was like a like a fantasy guy two years ago where I was like, I'm just early. I know. You should talk more about your fantasy team on the pod. People really love people, that. People love fantasy baseball. Yeah, talk. exactly. Tell us how good Pablo Lopez was for you back in the day. That's that was right. one of your That's that was right. one of your biggest wins. Uh, top 100 prospects yet to debut Owen White and Evan Carter. We did not get any calls or emails in favor of the Texas Rangers. I got to say, uh, top line thoughts for your boy here. They don't pass the vibe check. No. No. Not the out, not the ads in the outfield vibe check. Nope. Not the executing any form of Pride Night vibe check. Nope. Not the owner not accelerating climate disaster vibe check. Nope. It's not good. It's not good. The team is pretty good. And I, I recall a preseason podcast, perhaps the one after Jacob deGrom signed with the Texas Rangers, where you told me you felt better about the Rangers for the next five years than the Mets. And I got mad at you. IRL mad. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're fucking wrong. What are you talking about? And guess who turned out to be right? It wasn't me. <laughs> However, um, this doesn't seem like the right team for you. I'm just going to say that. Only baseball team named after cops? The worst kinds of cops, too. The worst kinds of cops, too. The ones who like don't have to call themselves that so they can get away with anything. Right. It's honestly surprising to me that they're the only team named after cops. Right? In a way, aren't the Yankees kind of cops? <laughs> Right. I mean, it's like they're not named after cops, but they fashion themselves as police. Right. It's implied. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in the name. The facial hair policy. <laughs> yeah, well, the uniform. It's all cop copish. Um. So, th- so the Rangers are a no. What talk about where they landed on your rubric though for the other for the other aspects? Because to me, they are a sort of like ownership behavior DQ. I think they fail that test for some of the things that we said. Um, but on the other hand, like they're trying to spend, they're trying to make the team better. They're developing talent pretty well. They're signing the best pitcher, uh, you know, of this generation. They're, you know, they're doing a lot of the right cosmetic things, but it seems, seems like under the hood, like it's, it's like a kind of cursed franchise playing in a weird stadium. Yeah. Well, and it does seem like the kind of franchise where ownership or executives at the top do exert a lot of control and what happens both on the field and and off the field right with with regards to the pride night for example i think that what i had read last year is that there's actually a large contingent of people inside the rangers organization who are interested in this sort of thing and it was ownership who said yeah no not you know we can't do that it's lockheed martin pride night every night and isn't that enough so i just where are you at on lockheed martin on one hand, they're Lockheed Martin. On the other hand, Top Gun Maverick. Debate. Crossfire. Yeah, Go. I mean, haven't heard a lot about him in the last few years, so maybe they're a sleeper. It, it really fell off. It really did fall off. We could do a really great parody, like, <laughs> capitalism debate show. Like, Lockheed Martin's just not turning and burning the way that they used to. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is this is what happens when, when woke comes for the defense contractors. <laughs> I'm more of a black rock guy myself. <laughs> Dow chemicals on the rise. Huh? Spreading out, you know? Diversifying, uh-huh. as we say in the biz. Okay, so could put to the Texas Rangers, that brings us to the NL West, our final division. First up in the NL West, Arizona Diamondbacks, right off the rip. Owner, Ken Kendrick. Tough. Tough. Extremely tough. One of the more deplorable, and I use that word <laughs> intentionally. Deplorable owners in Major like League pull, Baseball. Pulling out your 2016 bag of tricks over here. There's a clown in the White House. It's a circus. <laughs> Notable players. Corbin Carroll, Geraldo Perdomo, 
Christian Walker, who just hit one of the more impressive home runs against the Mets earlier this season. He is just dead center, like 480. Cattell um, Marte, Zach Gallen, Brandon Fott, Trey Jamison, and Ryan Nelson. Top 100 prospects yet to make the majors. One of Two of the best prospects in baseball. Drew Jones, son of Andrew Jones, and Jordan Lawler. No one called in in favor of the Diamondbacks. Uh, what do you think? Interesting young core for this team. And they're free of Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, huge point in their favor, obviously, in that regard. Where do they land on the rubric? <laughs> well, so they technically were second to last. Oh, wow. If listeners will remember, behind the Tiger, or just in front of the Tigers. Correct. A hair in front of the Tigers. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is probably personal I just, preference. I want to know why you just hate the Tigers. Look, hey, man, trust you the formula. You hate Detroit. You hate I didn't, America. I didn't put them you there. American-made companies. You hate union labor. Yeah. You hate Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. You hate Ford. What else do you hate? <laughs> oh, buddy. Red blood? Red meat? Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of the above. Shameful. <laughs> I don't like baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, nor Chevrolet. <laughs> Thank you very much. Leave Chevrolet out of this. They make great cars. I'm such a car guy now. <laughs> yeah? I'm just turning into my father, yeah? Jesus. I was like, if they just had one more lane to this highway. (laughs) Not like that kind of car guy. I'm not like, let's stand in the way of urban development in favor of cars. I'm like, wow, that 1963 Chevy Impala looks brilliant. Right. They don't make them like that anymore. They they really don't. When I was in LA for a truly shocking amount of time Mm -hmm. recently, 19 days in Los Angeles. (laughs) Some would say too many. I've lived in Los Angeles for a whole month this year. Let that sink in. Um, I was just taking pictures of cars parked on the side of the road and sending them to my father. And I was like, this is what I've become. And I'm okay with it. There are worse things to become in your old age, I think. I agree. It's going to be me, my dad, Jay Leno, <laughs> and Joe Biden. That's driving vets. Dream blunt rotation right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Back to the diamond bags. <laughs> Listener, we are refocused. We are here. Yeah, they graded out really well in like the the prospects yeah. side of things. Yeah, they've done a good job rebuilding that team. And like not much else on my rubric. I'm not a huge fan of the uniforms. I'm I'm getting away from the A's because I don't want to go see them in an in an arid climate every summer. Mm-hmm. Again, I was I was hoping there might be a listener who could make the case for the Diamondbacks because it's not a case I'm uh, uh, adept at making. I got a case for you. Okay. Ken Kendrick, not a good owner. One of the poorer owners in baseball. One of the less rich owners in baseball. Right. Because he gives it all the Republican candidates. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, I don't know if he's known. I don't know if he has a reputation as a meddler. But perhaps he might not be as present around the baseball team as often, given how uh, closely he's looking into the Dominion voting systems. Right. So like doing his own research. While he's away sort of doing that, and um, standing in on trial against Dominion, you know, maybe you could actually just rebuild the baseball team in your image. That's true. If he's asleep at the wheel, man, <laughs> that car could go in any direction. <laughs> uh, okay, Colorado Rockies owner Dick Bodfort. Notable players. This is bleak. This is. I'm just going to be real with you. This this sucks. Notable players: Ryan McMahon, Ezekiel Tovar. I got nothing else. Hmm. Top 100 prospects yet to debut. Adele Amador, Drew Romo, and Zach Veen. I feel like I've been hearing about Zach Veen for a while. When's he coming up? You know? I guess you could say that Herman Marquez is a, is a notable player. He has been a good pitcher in the past, but he is like not good this year, and I don't really know what's going on with him. So Chris Bryant's on the Rockies. Not notable. So they say. Not notable. Have you ever talked about Chris Bryant being on the Rockies? No. Before just now. Which I think is exactly how he likes it. I am happy for him. I I hope he's happy. I am too. Uh, Rockies. Where'd they grade out? Actually a little higher than I I expected. They came in around 20. I think in large part due to... Your support of Dick Monfort's work. My support of... Against the MLBPA. Yes. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Gorgeous stadium that I've not had the pleasure of seeing in, in person. It's awesome. But like, so oh great. man. Oh man. So great. That stadium rules. 
also only team these days, <clears throat> Diamondbacks, to regularly incorporate purple into their uniforms and color uh, of royalty. And color of royalty, absolutely. I'm always saying that. <laughs> and I get a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> We've been recording for over two hours. <laughs> Need I remind you? Forty five minutes of sleep. I know. I'm. I. I pray for the person who decides to binge these two episodes back to back. You just pray for your own mother. That's nice. That's a nice sentiment. Yeah, Rocky's only other team on here besides the Oakland A's to to uh, score one out of ten on the star power ranking. That's a little. That's a little tough if you can't even point to anything on the field right now. I mean, and the other thing is that they don't really develop stars, right? And this the small handful of stars that they have developed for some reason they decided to like aggressively commit to them and then back out of it in the case of Nolan Arenado. I don't know. It's a weird franchise. It's running Dick Monfort's image and I just don't trust that I would not sign up for that. There's also there's like there's already no such thing as a pitching prospect. I know. <laughs> yeah. But like it's like BP prospects <laughs> in Colorado. They feel like a good team to just like casually feel no way about. Yeah. You can go enjoy the stadium if you'd like to. Friend of the podcast, Austin Zimmerman, uh, is a big Giants fan, but lives in Denver. And so... Wow, doxing is real-time location. It's real-time coordinates, Bobby. Is, is assassination coordinates, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Um, and that that feels like the right zone for the Rockies to be in. It's like a place where you don't have to want them to win. You just have to want them to show up 81 times a year at that beautiful ballpark. Exactly. I will watch from afar and hope for better for their fan base. Okay, and, you know I'll be cheering the whole time. Let's power through the last three in the NL West. We have now come to the Los Angeles Dodgers, owned by Guggenheim Baseball Management control person Mark Walter. There's like a thousand people that own the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. They're all very, very wealthy. Notable players: <laughs> Strap in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, James Altman. That's Rookie of the Year, James Altman. To you, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Max Muncie. Clayton Kershaw, not one of the 30 most famous baseball players. No, he's not. He's not. Bobby Miller, Julio Arias, and Miguel Vargas, who is not performing well. However, he's a top prospect, and so I included all the top prospects, including the top, their top 100 prospects who have not yet debuted Diego Cartaya, Andy Pages, and Gavin Stone. Those last two names are definitely real. They are not auto-generated. Nobody called in in support of the humble, small-town, underdog, dark horse, Los Angeles Dodgers. No one will, spe- no one will speak in their support. No. <laughs> Not on record, at least. I, so you mentioned that the Mets came in at fifth via your rubric. The Phillies came in at fourth. Presumably, the Baltimore Orioles came in in the top five as well. So that's three of the top five. I would venture to guess that the Dodgers are another one of those teams. The finish in the top five. And I might even go so far as to say the next team that we're going to talk about is the fifth team, but I won't spoil that. Am I right about the Dodgers? You are, are you are right about the Dodgers. Okay. Yeah. What what is it about them? What is it about the Dodgers, <laughs> about the Alex? Dodgers? The, the team that, that wins 95 plus games it. every single year without fail and plays in a gorgeous ballpark and is one of MLB's most storied franchises and also employs Mookie Betts. What's there to like? <laughs> And also spends $250 million every year. They are, if you're a baseball fan, something like the platonic ideal, or if you're a, if you're a straight cis baseball fan, something like the platonic ideal. Um, very notable. Yeah, very, very notable. Again, when we talk about vibes, talk about ownership malfeasance. They don't, they don't score quite as highly there. But uh, they got a few stars. They have the best farm system in baseball. I don't know any of their prospects, but they got eight top ones. Can I say something that might be controversial? Okay. So I agree with the point about the ownership vibes. Is there something very weird and, and corporate going on with the Dodgers in the last 20 years? Um, I say that like I know anything more about the Dodgers beyond the last 20 years. Like I'm not 27. But there is something cold and calculated and, and very big business about the way that the Dodgers are run. They are as much an idea as they are a baseball team to the city of Los Angeles. That being said, I think the Dodgers have the best fans in baseball. Number one, I think they are the best fans in baseball. They take a lot of shit for showing up in the third inning. That's not their fault. Yeah. You know what? We were just talking about cars. Mm -hmm. We were talking about adding new lanes to highways. 
We could have that discussion if you really want to. The true yeah, blue is another neighborhood, you know, <laughs> fuck it at this point. <laughs> the true blue Dodgers fans who are like, they're in the, the reserve level. They're in the top deck level. They're in the bleachers, season ticket holders, scalping a cheap ticket while walking around Echo Park an hour before the game. Those fans are, and granted, I have not been to every stadium. I have not, I do not have a unique experience with every team's fan base the way that I do with the Dodgers because I lived there for four years. But to my eye, they're as good as it gets. And I'm not even trying to pander because I didn't go out there wanting to be like, Dodgers fans are way better than Mets fans. Dodgers fans are way better than you know East Coast baseball fans. I didn't have like a, a vendetta out against East Coast baseball fans necessarily. But like, all the stuff that they say about like Red Sox fans and Yankees fans and all that stuff, some of that is true, but it's definitely true of Dodgers fans. And there's like generational fandom to their generational, like cultural community-based fandom going on with the Dodgers that I think would be a really cool thing to be a part of. I think might be a hard thing to jump on the bandwagon of yeah. from New York City. But earnestly, I admire a lot of the things that they do from, you know, from your rubric, from their fan experience category yeah i completely agree i mean it's a gorgeous it's a gorgeous ballpark probably pass on the dodger dog but that's okay you can't win them all dodger dogs fell off they really did you know what i think a lot of people thought was going to fall off even more was their broadcast booth but it didn't because joe davis is tremendous yeah no one no one is vin scully no one will ever be vin scully but joe davis is as good as we have in the modern game yeah i mean to to lose vin scully from your broadcast booth and still be like a top five broadcast booth is uh something yeah so are they still in contention like you said earlier it it feels like there's so there's almost too much lore yeah that it wouldn't feel right uh, adopting you know i'm also slightly biased against them being a west coast team and like half of their games starting when i'm like Saying that you think you might be wanting to go to bed. Eventually, had to bed at some point, right? Yeah, they do. There is something, and I can't put my finger on it. But as you said, there's just something off about like they feel like the the DNC of baseball teams. It's so great, you know. Like yes, like if there was a team that Republicans were going to implicate in like a Clinton crime ring scandal, like it would be the Dodgers. Maybe that's just because of their exposure, because they have three dozen owners. So like it's a numbers game at that point, right? And all the, they all run in the same circles anyway. Uh, when you go to Dodger Stadium, which I was just at very recently, still, I think, like, baseball Nirvana is, a, is an evening game at Dodger Stadium when the sun is setting on you and, like, the crowd is great and the weather is perfect. But Oh, hell yeah. We're in real sincere hours out here. Where the sincerity really falls <laughs> off is when you realize how many things at Dodger Stadium are presented by Bank of America. <laughs> it's like that single presented by Bank of America. This scoreboard presented by Bank of America. This is the Bank of America steal a base challenge. Yeah. It's I don't know what's going on with that. They uh they just have a tight relationship, I guess. Probably nothing to see there. <laughs> no. Uh all right. Well, let's let's leave them in contention for now. Enough Dodgers chat. I assume people are going to accuse me of pandering to the Dodgers fans because there are so many of them. I might think that was even a little a little pandery, but th- but that's okay. Really, I'm just pandering to your mom. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And that's my only goal for this podcast. Next up, the team that I that I believe is the fifth in your top five, based on your rubric, the San Diego Padres. Owner, Peter Seidler, he of Venture Capital Bank. Notable players, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Hassan Kim, Xander Bogarts, sure. Manny Machado, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Yu Darvish, and Jake Cronenworth, I threw him on there because I'm just yeah. What a solid, what a solid player. He's a dude. He scraps. He does scrap. He stays in that bats. Um, top 100 prospects yet to make the majors: Jackson Merrill and Samuel Zavala. Like genuinely confounding to me how they still have top 100 prospects who are in their system and not yet in the majors because they have traded for every single player on every single team. Uh, AJ Preller masterclass, I guess. No one called in favor of the Padres, and so I'm just going to clear out because I think that this is the team that gets the most hype Yeah, as a good team for neutral fans. Great broadcast booth, a lot of star power, really good fan base as well. Cool ballpark. Where did they rank? 
so they did. You were you were correct that they rounded out the top five and came in second on the on the ranking based on recent success and and prospects and future potential, as well as that that fan experience side of things. I initially again had the the Padres kind of on my mental shortlist going into this exercise. Again, they've been on everyone's radar for for years now. As you mentioned, they're kind of people's go-to team is like, this is the one fun team to watch. If you're introducing someone to baseball, like this is, you know, they're, they're doing it. This is the next generation. Something going on in that clubhouse where most of those guys don't really like each other. Is this a case of uh, they didn't think about chemistry? <laughs> were the chemistry old he- is real, were the, bro. Were the old heads right? <laughs> were we wrong? There's something just so top-heavy about this team. Like, it feels really easy to praise from afar, but then you look at the the top-to-bottom roster, and you compare it to a team like the Dodgers that have been doing things the, the right way, so to speak, yeah, they for, have. for like 12 years now. And it's like, oh, something goes wrong, someone gets hurt. There's a very competent player who can back them up. Now, the Dodgers are a little less complete than they have been in past years. They signed... Miguel Rojas to play shortstop for them. Like, that was a serious thing that they decided to do this year. They were like, this is the guy who's going to be our shortstop this year, and we're going to try to win a World Series. Like, that's nuts. But, and they were like, if he's hurt or if he's not playing well, we're going to play Mookie Betts at shortstop. Um, but like the Padres, there's like a steep clip cliff after those guys that I named. And that to me is like the difference between being serious for like eight years and being serious for like three years, more like what the Padres have been doing. And they had like all, you know, a long rebuild where they built up prospects and stuff, but that doesn't necessarily give you the kind of depth that developing prospects a lot over time and supplementing that with free agents does like when you're the Yankees or you're the Dodgers or whoever. Yeah. And I think part of that is just due to the fact that this team is still relatively young in the way that they've built it. Right. And the, and the more, that these, and the longer these veterans on the team, the more time you have to sort of add around the edges and fill in those spots. I think they'd be an immensely fun team to root for. They also do feel like a bit of an unknown at this point. It's not like they have a lengthy track record of success. Their GM is fairly new, although obviously had a hand in putting all this together. Uh, they're owner, as you mentioned, Peter Seidler, has shown an indication that he's willing to spend, but they all reach a point where the 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 stock starts to go down and all of a sudden you have to tighten your portfolio in other areas, right? So right. they feel like a bit of a black box to me in terms of fandom, and maybe that's just because they were not on my radar for so long, and then here they are, right? All of a sudden, everyone has their eyes on them, but they feel a little hard to judge in that manner for me. I do think the the stadium environment is is really cool. It is a really fun ballpark to go to. Yeah, some of their jerseys are hit or miss. The City Connect is just a Marlins jersey, and that's fine. You know, it's like it's you know it's like neon, like green yeah. and pink, pink. Yeah, and that's cool. Does it feel a little bit like you might have missed the boat? Yeah. Like if we did this exercise two years ago, it would have been kind of fun to jump on the jump in the jet stream that is the Padres, but now it feels like enough people have like praised what they're doing. And we can do that too. Like we've been doing that on the show for, for a while now, but praised what they're doing, that it feels a little bit too on the nose to be like, this is the team that we're going to, we're going to get behind, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. That, and that's kind of feels a little bit like it's like 2008 and you're like this new band, the strokes, like check them out. <laughs> like these are the guys <laughs> and everybody's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah. we've probably known that for a little while now. <laughs> no, you're totally right about that. And that's why I'm having trouble, like, really, th- you know, getting into the headspace where I can throw my weight behind them just because they feel like they've been so overexposed the last few years. You know, I'll probably wait a couple years till the hype dies, dies down and they're not doing stadium tours anymore <laughs> and I can see them, like, in small venues. I'll reconsider then. Then we're throwing them out? Toss them. Out of here. RIP Padres. Okay, we come to the team across the bay, the San Francisco Giants. Owner, the reprehensible Charles Johnson. Notable players, Tyro Estrada, J.D. Davis, Patrick Bailey, Lamont Wade Jr., Mike Yastrzemski, Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, and Camilo Duvall. I just love that guy. 
Top 100 prospects who have not yet made the majors. Kyle Harrison and Marco Luciano. Um, given that I know you and I know your feelings about the San Francisco Giants, I don't feel all that positive about this. However, I would like to allow Jesse, longtime listener of the show, Giants superfan, and very active member of the Tipping Pitches community to make the case. So I'm going to play Jesse's voice. Hey guys, it's Jesse, and I'm calling to make an appeal to Alex. Um, you know, when you guys were saying that we needed to make pitches to Alex for this episode to find him a new team, I thought to myself, how do I spin this? You know, I'm a Giants fan. How do you pitch a crosstown rival um, to somebody who has been a fan uh, of the other side of the rivalry for such a long time? Is it disrespectful? A's fans have been going through a lot. Um, and then, Alex, you very stupidly said that you were into the Orioles color scheme, um, and then it was all over for you. Here's why you should be a fan of the San Francisco Giants. First of all, color scheme, great uniforms, great merchandise, orange and black, classic, the cream color Giants home jersey, absolutely, you know, indisputably good, um, historic. Yet another reason, the Giants really have everything. This is a historic franchise, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, literally everybody else, um, and through the recent history, too, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, these are guys to root for. Also, now, youth movement, Patrick Bailey, Luis Matos. This team is exciting. I mean, it's fun to watch. But you can also get angry because we have a very hateable owner, which is important to hate the owner. Can't hand it to Charles Johnson ever. Love. Um, what else? Best ballpark in baseball. Best ballpark in baseball. Come on. Come on. Oracle Park. Beautiful. Great place to watch a game. Um, what else? Hot people on the team. Camila Doval. Come on. First of all, he throws 101 and is one of the best closers in baseball and also is hot. Like, I just, I don't even know what else to tell you. Um, obviously, I have to talk about Mike Kishremski. That's my boy. Um, easy to root for. Again, history. Storylines. Uh, hot. I don't know what else to say. Um, and... Finally, you know, you don't have to change a specific standard time, you know, viewing lifestyle um, when you switch to San Francisco Giants. And circadian rhythms are important, and it would make a very easy bridge. We're happy to have you. Bay Area solidarity forever. Go Giants. Jesse has added an, added an addendum to this extensive voicemail. Okay. I will read that now. Hi, guys. I need to add an addendum to my voice when I left, which is twofold. Number one, Dodgers haterism is a historic and noble pursuit, which is fun as hell. The race for the division in 2021 was exhilarating, and not many new team options offer the same kind of rivalry fodder. Intriguing. Number two, Slacking Pitches channel Vini Vidi Vici is simply one of the best places on the internet to enjoy baseball. Okay, that's all. Go Giants. Jesse, thank you. I I was impassioned that was very impassioned and i think i was not considering the giants um as much as i might be now which is still leaning no but like much less confidently than a few minutes ago it would be really funny it would be i mean it would be the ultimate backhand to the a's because this is like so this is like what they don't want to happen the a's don't want all of their fans to just jump across the bay Rob Manfred has said that he hopes the fans will follow the A's to Las Vegas, even though he knows that that's not going to happen. Right. So it would be like the most direct rebuke of the A's, probably, that you could have. But also it would mean you root for the Giants, which would present problems for me personally, because I hate them. And Jesse knows this. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> They're hateable, too. Yeah, they are. I, the rivalry point is something that I, you know, I didn't really consider in a lot of this research, but She's right that there are very few like meaningful rival- rivalries still in baseball, and Dodgers Giants is like a very real one that exists. That you get to indulge in, yeah. Oracle Park, really good stadium, really yeah. uh, enjoyable place to watch a baseball game. You could have a hometown team still when you go home. I could. Do you want that? You know, I, I, I reflexively, you know, have kind of spurned the Giants 
over the course of my life as a baseball <laughs> fan. <laughs> and I can I just say that the the Giants fans that I know and have, I've seen online um, have been nothing. About them like they're like Trump voters. <laughs> Right. I went the to, handful of them I know in my life. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I've seen them online. I've seen videos of them. Uh. <laughs> Giants fans have been really respectful to A's fans over the last like yeah, what six, the fuck do they have months. to care about? They I mean, what they? all the time. Yeah, of course. I mean, they don't. They don't give a shit. I mean, they're <laughs> now we're like dredging up some fields. You know, there's always been the like the like it's like the A's fan snark to like the Giants fan right, right, smarm. Right. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, of course you feel good. Yeah, and fucking Barry Bonds, and you won the World Series. Like, yeah, and you're, you're like the you're rich, good. rich team across the bay, right? But I don't know. Maybe it's time to see how the other how the other half lives. All right. Would you like to keep them in contention? I don't think we can. Okay. Fair enough, Jesse. Great try. I appreciate the effort, Alex. The final team under consideration. Who is it? It is the Oakland Athletics, potentially known as the Las Vegas Athletics. The precipitating event for this podcast, as everybody knows, no doubt knows by this point, the owner of this team, at least until it's Joe Lacob, it is John J. Fisher. Notable players on the roster. Man, I searched high and low, my friend. And I, uh, might you say, lowered the bar. On <laughs> the word notable? Ryan Noda and Brent Rooker. Yeah. Ken Waldachuk. Okay. Top prospect who got called up and doesn't look very great. Right. And Mason Miller, another top prospect who got called up and looked okay. Pretty good. He's hurt, but he got hurt. it's fine. <laughs> top 100 prospects yet to make the majors after all those trades. They got one. There is one lone man. They got one. Tyler Soderstrom. Alex, I have to say, even after the months and months of planning this episode, even after the long-discussed brotherhood between Mets fans and A's fans, and the no doubt large community of people who listen to the Tipping Pitches podcast and are A's fans. Not one single soul called in to make the case that you should stay an A's fan. Not one single soul wrote an email saying, hey, maybe consider sticking around with this team. I think that is sad. <laughs> I don't begrudge anyone for not doing that. I think they were right to do it. I just think it's a bummer. It bums me out. John J. Fisher is a bummer. Yes, he is, Bobby. Well put. I detest you, sir. <laughs> I shake my finger at you. <laughs> um, are they in consideration? <laughs> if they stay. I mean, like I, like, I don't know what to do then, you know? So if they stay, you will continue to root for them. I think you have to. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't have to do anything, actually. Well, I have to watch this team for sixty years, so I'd you, and wear their jersey every and game. run on the field once and per year. Once, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Anything I, else you want to throw out there that you'll, you're willing to do? I'm willing to commit to um, entering their virtual ballpark on occasion, perhaps. Yes, but it doesn't count as me visiting the actual ballpark. So if I do the virtual ballpark, I still have to go to the game that day. Right? <laughs> you just visit in the morning just to get a sort of pre-screened idea. Um. I think that maybe the A's shouldn't be in consideration for this. I mean, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I would not, if I was not coming from the A's, but say was new to baseball, well, I'd have a few more questions. <laughs> but I would not gravitate towards the A's anyway. Like the things they have going for it right now are the uniforms, who I think are some of which are among the best in baseball. Yes. Kelly Green is number one. Kelly Green is like, yeah, without a doubt. And stadium experience, I think, pretty good. Fun place to see a baseball game. Now, amenities-wise... What say you about the architectural sketches of the new stadium that they would like <laughs> oh to build in Oakland? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Where do they actually rank? Did you put them? Did you, did you fill out their categories? Where did they rank? 24th. Yikers. Which... <laughs> Given their recent success, which came in at a one out of five, pretty, uh, pretty all right. Their future right prospects got to be a one out of five, also. Future prospects, two out of ten. Okay, so one out of so five. one out of five. <laughs> oh, it's bummer town. It's, it's bummer town. The organization is completely barren. I think that it's an interesting opportunity for a new ownership group. That is what I will say. I don't 
think that they stand a chance if we are, are doing this exercise earnestly. Like, I don't think they stand up to the other teams that you still have in consideration. No, <laughs> not in the slightest. Objectively, but you know, this is a subjective thing for you. So that leaves us with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Already, the, already regretting that one a little bit. The Seattle Mariners. The Philadelphia Phillies. The Baltimore Orioles. The Cincinnati Reds, owned by Bob Castellini. That's right. The Chicago Cubs, owned by the Ricketts. And the Minnesota Twins, owned by the DNC's own Polad family. So those are the contenders. While you mull those over, let me um, really quickly share for you the miscellaneous pitches that we got that were not associated with a single team. The first one comes from, and I want you to be thinking about those teams okay. so that you can yeah. actually choose one when I'm done with this. <laughs> Um, or you could choose one of these of these alternative paths that our listeners laid out. The first one comes from Marcus. Marcus would like to make the case that Alex's new favorite team should be minor league baseball. It'd be like Rob Lowe at the NFL Stadium just wearing the minor league baseball logo. Hear me out. It's more about the players than about a specific team. The fledgling minor league union. Cool and wacky jerseys. You're not as directly supporting the awful billionaires that run the sport. Uh, you can follow a local team. Cheaper tickets, cheaper food, better parking, better experience. Players are right there in front of you. Admitted downside, player consistency is an issue. Team rolls over very frequently. Familiar with it. Not not an issue. (laughs) And teams are not as focused on winning as they are on developing the players. Not an issue. (laughs) Um, Just think of the freedom. And with uh, MILB video available for almost any team, you can root for just about anybody. Though I'd encourage a double-A AA or a triple-A team because single-A production value can be a bit painful on the MLB TV app. So, that is Marcus's pitch. And we also have some voicemails pitching uh, slightly alternative ways of consuming the game. Hello, Alex and Bobby. My name is Greg, long-time listener and first-time caller. I'd like to weigh in on Alex's search for a new team as he moves away from... Oakland and soon to be Las Vegas A's fandom. I feel like a lot more people do this in the NBA versus other sports due to the amount of player movement in that league, but I'm trying to bring it to baseball. So rather than being a fan of a team, be a fan of players. Just follow your favorite players and root for them rather than a specific team. Now the saying goes that supporting a team is just rooting for laundry. Well, transcend supporting teams and support players instead, regardless of their laundry. Alternatively, if you insist on picking a team, then just pick the team with the best laundry, which, ironically, might be the Oakland days. Anyway, good luck with your search. Just don't choose the Cardinals. Really funny voicemail. Thank you for yeah. calling in, Greg. Uh, next voicemail comes from a uh, familiar, familiar friend of the show, Becca. Hi, Bobby and Alex. This is Becca, and I'm calling to submit my suggestion for Alex's new team. My suggestion is that Alex should not pick a new team. And I'm not saying that he should stay committed to the Oakland A's. I think he should just not have a team at all. I am most often assumed to be a fan of the Washington Nationals since they are my local team, my part-time employer. But I've actually been team agnostic for the vast majority of my baseball fandom, and I think there's a wonderful way to consume baseball. The cons, admittedly, baseball does not quite incite as much emotion when you aren't attached to a team. But the pros is that baseball does not incite as much emotion when you aren't attached to a team. So while you don't get to revel in your team's successes, you're also guaranteed to not have your day ruined by a hanging slider, a botched double play, or a misread fly ball. You get the point. You get to just watch baseball and enjoy the game for what it is rather than place your emotional stability on 26 guys. So I think that being a teamless fan is the best option for Alex. Uh, so while you make your your way through the list of 30 major league teams plus potential Vegas team, remember there is a 30-second option. A wonderful case from Becca. A similar case to the next voicemail, which comes from longtime friend of the show as well, Kieran. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Alex. It's Kieran. I'm just calling to make my case for the independence. So, Alex, I know you're looking for a new team. But let me offer this. How about no team? This is what I've been doing for the past couple of years, and I've found it incredibly rewarding. I know you're looking for good jerseys. Well, I have jerseys from, like, five different teams. I just did a count 
I have hats representing 13 different MLB teams, and it's because I've totally removed my desire to cheer for baseball from the desire to cheer for some stupid corporation that doesn't give a shit about me. Now I'm just cheering for players that I love. And I worried going into that season, that first season where I was just cheering for players, I worried if I, like, maybe I wasn't going to watch as much baseball or maybe I wasn't going to care as much when the playoffs came around, but that's just not the case. When you love great players, they inevitably end up playing in games that you want to watch. And I'll set my weekly schedule to watch pitching matchups that I want. I found that I started watching a more varied bevy of games just because I wasn't tied to just watching one team all the time. So maybe the solution to this problem is no team at all. That way you don't have to get rid of all your ace gear. Hope you have a good one. Bye. Okay, Alex. It's all on the table. We've been recording for... You know, we're coming up on three and a half hours yeah, of are. content about finding you a new team. But if we're not going to spend this time doing this, what are we going to spend this much time on? You know, this is a worthwhile endeavor. This is 60 years of your life. Yeah. 60 years of running on the field. 60 years of watching 162 two and a half to three and a half hour baseball games, depending on how much Rob Manfred's pitch clock really lasts. So as a recap for the listeners, the options are no new team. Choose players to follow. Minor league baseball. Choose a minor league team, I suppose. The Los Angeles Dodgers. The Seattle Mariners. The Philadelphia Phillies. The Baltimore Orioles. The Cincinnati Reds. Chicago Cubs. And the Minnesota Twins. Would you like to take anyone out of consideration now to make this job easier for you? Strike the Dodgers. Strike the Twins. Strike the Reds. Not feeling it. Okay. I was in a different headspace then. I was a different person. <laughs> okay. Twins, goodbye. Reds, goodbye. Dodgers, you guys have enough fans already. It's down to brass tacks now. I know. I mean, this is the, this is going to be the hardest part of the exercise, right? Like, we did all the fun stuff. Do I even need to pick something at this point? Obviously, this is the hardest part of the. Can you imagine somebody listens to this long of the podcast and you're just like, that's it, just four. And I might not even pick a team. Come on, dude. Yeah, I can. I told that. you I was going to be aggro, Bob. <laughs> I told you I was going to be drill sergeant, foot to the fire. Are you going to give me an answer or not? You're just afraid because I know who you want to pick. I am terrified of this. But you're afraid because I've been shit-talking this team for years on the pot. Years. I think we could strike the Cubs as well. Were they even still, were they still on the they list? They were still on the list, okay. yes. I don't know how they made it that far, <laughs> to be quite honest. It's just the Ricketts stink all over them mm-hmm. that makes it hard i can see a world in which you're you spend decades as a cubs fan going to cubs games maybe yeah sure i could see that world orioles mariners phillies no team which feels like a cop-out but. right i mean what i what i'll say is like all of the options presented at the end feel like the healthiest ways to consume the game of baseball which is not tied to one corporate entity and is more based on enjoyment of the game itself. I'm sure if we had, uh, if we'd gotten friend of the pod Michael Bauman on the line, he would have happily made the case to. Uh, ha- he would have happily made the case for college baseball as well, <laughs> which I'm glad we didn't because the pod would have been another hour, <laughs> if not more. If not, if not more than that. Um, I there is something alluring about saying, "Hey, let me just. I'll just watch the." The guys as they as they but come like, up, isn't that what but, we already do? Though I know, I we know, have I our know. team, and we also root for other guys. Like I know. there are teams that I root against because of the team that I like, but I don't necessarily root for players to fail. I'm not when Ronald Acuna goes up and has an at bat against the Pirates. I'm not like, oh, I hope Ronald Acuna Jr. strikes out four times today. I'm like, he's great. <laughs> I hate the Braves, and I hope they lose. But it'd be nice if Ronald Acuna hit a home run. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like we already do that. Right now. And to choose no team at this point would sort of be like abstaining, to be honest. I'm waffling on the Mariners because they're a West Coast team. Makes it hard. I wouldn't, I would never see them, right? Unless I move there. Like I don't Oh, you'll never see them in person. I would never see them yeah. in person, right? Because I don't Except when I, they play the Yankees, which then you'd have to wear Mariners stuff to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Which would be kind of cool, actually. It would be cool. I enjoy wearing A's stuff to Yankees games. You get Wow, if you like them so much, why don't you just stay a fan of them then? <laughs> no, it's about the hatred from the Yankees fans. That Tyler Soderstrom, me. you never know. No, you never know. You never know. 
Okay. Goodbye, Mariners. That was good enough for me to cross them off. <laughs> it's down to the I-95 series, the Orioles and the Phillies. And I am scared. I kind of am too. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Just they- think about it. 60 years. What's Philadelphia going to be like in 2083? <laughs> What's any of this going to be like in 2083? They're like... I feel pretty confident I know what Philadelphia will be like in 2083. Exactly like it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a damn thing will have changed. Strong backbone, that city. The thing is, one of these teams I came into this exercise really pulling for, and here they are in front of me. And the other team, I just did not have on my radar. But you heard very compelling but cases. But I heard some, a, lot, a lot of compelling cases. Arguably the most compelling cases from said fan base, which is, which is causing me uh, some pause here. This is giving incredible, um, like, you got to choose where you're going to college energy. <laughs> no wrong answer. You have a great experience either way, right? No, right. No wrong answer. You end up in debt no matter what. So and like, if it, you but... choose the wrong one, you're not friends with me anymore. So <laughs> no pressure. Same with college, which is where we met. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a prospective Bobby out there in the fan base of either one of these teams? Um. Wait, I'm not following the question. So, like, you find a new me who's a Phillies fan? Well, it doesn't have to be a new uh, a new you. <laughs> now I feel like you want to hand me the shovel in the corner over there. <laughs> I'm just tired, man. I <laughs> just do. <laughs> this has been a test of endurance, and we're in the arena. The gauntlet is thrown. The gauntlet's thrown. The thing is, I'm just I, saying stuff. The thing is, I know what I want to say. A little, little afraid to say it. I I will I want to say I want to absolve you of the pressure. Okay. Nothing that you could do as a Phillies fan would hurt me more than the intense bullying that I experienced <laughs> as a child <laughs> from adult Philadelphia Phillies fans. So I am steeled to it. I have a thick armor to Philadelphia Phillies fans. I have many Philadelphia Phillies fans in my life whom I love. So if you want to do that for the content, you can do that. So what you're telling me is I have what I have to look forward to with being a Phillies fan is having kids to bully. This is <laughs> this is what's coming down the road for me. Like straight up, yes. Okay. Like that All is right. what being a Phillies fan is. Bullying children. That'll play. <laughs> it's it's equal opportunity. It doesn't have to be children, but they're also not shielded because they're children. Right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I appreciate the clarity there. <laughs> Sorry, can I check your ID first before I bully you? <laughs> Over 18, you're good. You must be this height or under. <laughs> um, I mean, you 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 felt the wrath of the I Phillies. Did. Well, that's what I was going to say is it's actually the the stadium in which I have felt the most wrath from from opposing fans. Now, I should note largely deserved. Yeah, yeah. At least on one count. <laughs> which count are you referring to when you sat for the national anthem? <laughs> No, that one was unwarranted. I exactly. meant I meant when we were shit talking everything and anything. Vanilla ice. Yeah. Right. Great episode of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So like I thought I had commitment issues before. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's a little of fire inside me. Oh my gosh. You're being Stockholm syndromed by the Phillies. I kind of am, and it's kind of working. <laughs> and I'm kind of looking over there and I'm like, you know what? Maybe this prison is nice. <laughs> okay. There's only, look, I'll say there's only one player on all of these teams, all the teams that we considered, who has a hairline whose products one of us has tried. That's true. Much to consider. And it's he's going fi- to finish his career Yeah, as a Philly. Mm-hmm. All right. You got to do it. You got to just choose one or the other. You, you have to do it. This Let's is- go, Phillies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the corner watching you kiss. Oh my gosh. Three and a half hours of our lives to come out with the Philadelphia Phillies as Alex Baisley's new team. I'm happy for you. This is great. I don't know how I feel yet. I'm already like, (laughs) I just remembered Xfinity Live and was like, fuck, what have I done? (laughs) There's no going back now. It's recorded. I know it is. Um, wow. Big thank you to everybody who wrote in to help us with this episode. This was a real community effort from everybody. All the voicemails, all the emails, 
all the engagement, all of the you know plugging of this episode that we've done. We really appreciate it. We appreciate everybody's attentiveness to listening to to find out that Alex is now a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Can't even believe it as I say it. 45 minutes of sleep. Could have dreamt this whole thing. As a reminder, the Patreon, the Brooklyn Cyclones meetup, all of that good stuff. I've plugged that stuff enough at this point. Um, again, sincere appreciation. Alex, I turn it to you to close this out. How do you feel? Do you feel absolved? I got just one thing to say. Ring the damn bell, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Thanks, for everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Maybe? Maybe not. Maybe this podcast is over. Everybody, uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya.